2: This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. He
1: takes everybody up. Messi has got it!
2: From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe. From Zlatan Ibrahimović's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair... Tackle, watch out. The speed Look at this freshman. Welcome to the home. Of professional football Canton, Ohio.
3: Hello and welcome to the second episode of the College to Canton Podcast, the perfect show for any and every college football and NFL fan. I'm your host, Travis May. If you're jumping in for the first time, College to Canton is a show where we talk about everything from college football recruiting to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and we'll often look at things through a fantasy football lens, but we always dig into some real college football and NFL analysis too. And if you joined us for our first episode, you already know we've been kicking things off with the NFL University Series, diving into the debate as to what schools send the best playmakers to the NFL. Last episode, we covered quarterbacks and tight ends, and now it's time to talk about running backs and the real running back university. And to do so, I'm joined by my very special guest and friend, Stefan Laco. He's at Stefan Laco on Twitter. Uh, so he is part of our Road of College content team, and he's actually going to be writing up some future NFL draft prospect breakdowns for several top college football teams here soon. I believe uh, Oregon is actually on the... You know, that's probably the first one on the docket for you, right? Oh,
1: yeah. I, uh, I've i been uh, working on that quite a bit. Uh, I actually spent most of my day today just doing it and getting <laughs> lost into the world of Ducks football, which is a beautiful place to be lost in, by the way.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah I, I'm not necessarily an Oregon fan. You know, when Marcus Mariota was here, you know, I was like, OK, I, I could get into Oregon. But, uh, you know, he's gone now. So that's gone now. And <laughs> uh, I'm more of a, an SEC Big Ten guy myself. Went to Purdue have a bunch of family ties to, or- uh, not, I almost said Oregon, Auburn. And so I uh, find myself saying uh, War Eagle and uh, Boiler Up, uh, but uh, mostly. Sure. But uh, Purdue doesn't have very many good running backs on uh, other resume, which is uh, the topic today, running back university. Auburn does, and I'm sure we'll dive into some of those oh, yeah. guys here soon. Uh, but uh, yeah, Oregon uh, should be interesting. I, before we dive into the running backs, are you excited about any particular – playmakers uh, that are on Oregon right now, just as an NFL draft prospect.
1: So it, it's kind of, it's kind of tough because the, the immediate, like this upcoming season, the guys who are draft eligible for Oregon aren't super exciting. I mean, everyone knows CJ Verdell's out there, but even he, like you and I differ quite a bit on our, you know, what, what, what we think of him and uh, yeah. Matt and Curtis, who are also in the Debbie kind of prospect ranking staff. They, they are kind of in between us. But uh, he's not even that exciting. He's the most exciting player for them. So so this upcoming year isn't so exciting. But if you look at the depth they have at the skill positions for the future, and even like their twenty twenty one class is like ranked number six in the country right now, and they're just bringing in these crazy kids. And Ty Thompson, I think, just got like alpha status from the Elite Eleven this past weekend. Like. It's exciting stuff, man. the The future is bright. It's almost as bright as those neon green jerseys, and uh, and I and I'm here <laughs> for it. So, yeah, that,
3: that is pretty bright. And they do have some interesting wide receivers, and I'm sure we'll get into some of the wide receivers for uh, Oregon on the Wide Receiver University episode, which will be after this one. But I I, I particularly like uh, Micah Pittman, and yeah, uh, yeah, and, and a I, lot. I really, am excited to see if he could stay healthy for a full season, but. Let's let's dive right into running back university and uh you know the the top productive schools that send players from college to the NFL and what really goes into making a school you know be qualified as running back U because I mean as casual football fans we always you know get into this argument as to what school is it, is it Georgia is it Alabama is it you know whatever else uh, we we think is running back U uh, or tight end U wide receiver U we always have these debates but you know, and that's fun. But we can also kind of use this to uh, find an edge in our fantasy football leagues. If uh, you know, we play some Devi or Dynasty or really uh, fun, in-depth uh, leagues like that. So the goal here is to to help you guys learn a little bit more about some future draft prospects uh, and some solid schools who've been sending a bunch of running backs to the pros. So to kick things off with this week's FFPC Stat Attack, that's one of our sponsors here, the FFPC. You got to talk about. I really got to talk about Miami uh, because they've had some ridiculous streaks over the years in terms of running backs. I mean, obviously everyone knows Frank Gore, uh, but uh, when you look back way, way back to 2004 to 2007, I was digging into some numbers, and in that that range of years. The running backs, Miami running backs in the NFL scored almost 4,000 PPR fantasy points, like 3,800 PPR fantasy points in just four seasons. Just unbelievable stuff. In fact, if you take that four-year span of running back production from one school, Miami, and compare that to every other school in the last 20 years, they would rank 19th if with just that four year span. It's just insane. I mean, we're talking about like prime Edgar and James, Clinton Portis, Willis McGahee and of course the beginning of Frank Gore's never ending career.
1: Oh, I love it. <laughs> I was telling you before we got started just looking looking here at at the doc you had together and just scrolling through it and seeing Frank Gore's name go on forever because <laughs> he really is the <laughs> Ageless Wonder. I mean, he, the the dude is a beast. He uh yeah, I think one of the keys to uh, success is just uh, having a having a running back who can be in the league for fifteen years. I guess.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was. It was. I mean, we talked about Edgar and James, Quentin Portis, Will, Willis McGahee, guys who have all been out of the league for like at least eight or nine years or more. And then Frank Gore was playing at the same time as them. It's just unreal. He's, he's just a zombie. But uh, Miami's had some crazy running backs over the years. And before we, you know, dive into the, the top producing schools, if you had to guess, like before we, I even sent you this doc over and we, we even really talked about the, the, the conversation of the the top schools for running backs, who are the ones that come to your mind? Stay, stay fine.
1: Yeah. So, so I was, I was thinking about this because I of course listened to you and Curtis last week talk about quarterbacks and I was thinking, okay, let's think, What what would the running back, you be just before looking at anything just off the top of my head and of course alabama comes to mind and of course i've got a little bit of recency bias i think that's normal so you think alabama right off the top because of guys like you know derrick henry and mark ingram uh, even guys like trent richardson like who ended up being a bit of a flop but you know mm-hmm. like it's still a name yeah. um and then of course you you think about recently like ohio state ezekiel elliott carlos hyde uh these guys that crushed my Oregon ducks numerous times. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) of course Miami was up there. I, uh, I was a bit of a, so I didn't grow up in the States. I grew up overseas. So like my love of teams has very little to do with geography. So I kind of just randomly liked ran like these different teams throughout the years. And so like one of the teams I just happened to like was Miami and Willis McGahee was this just freak athlete that, could do it all. And when he blew out his knee in that national championship game, I was devastated. But, um, but because of him, I was like, Miami's got to be up there too. Now, when I saw the numbers, I was shocked to see how impressive Miami was, but those were the, the, the biggest teams that came to mind was the, uh, was um, Alabama, Miami, Ohio state, even Oklahoma with like Adrian Peterson and, and DeMarco Murray uh, guys that, you know, recently, I mean, Adrian Peterson, has been doing it for quite a while now, but, but teams that have really been impressive uh, with some of these, these high not a, not only high draft capital guys, but also guys that just reduced for a long time.
3: Yeah. And that's I mean, when you break it down in, in like a twenty year segment, you're you're looking at schools who have some longevity at the running back position, which is kinda rare, right? Especially now. Like with yeah. running back gets to what, age twenty six and we're like, Well, he's getting old. Like, <laughs> that seems kind of crazy, but that's just where we are. Like Derrick Henry, I think he's what twenty six, and and people are already thinking, well, next year his his value is just going to go down, and it's crazy to me because I feel like the the cliff that we used to think was like at thirty years, everyone right. is because of the few recent examples of people having some knee issues or you know David Johnson, uh, David Johnson just disappearing last in the last couple of years, people just think, oh, twenty seven, they're they're dead now. Uh, what, yeah. what are you what are your thoughts on that? But really, I mean, like it's just. I feel like that's an overreaction to a few isolated examples.
1: Yeah, it's tough, too, because I feel like that it's that second contract that ends up being the big problem, even more so than a deterioration of skills is lack of willingness for NFL teams to want to invest heavily into that position from a monetary standpoint. And so I feel like they're almost there's almost this willingness to be like, listen, we'd rather let you walk and draft a guy in the third or fourth round and someone else yeah. can pay you. And to me, just the change of scenery can have just such questionable uh, results. Like for some guys, it's great. Like think about a guy like Kenyon Drake. Now I know it's a little bit of a different experience, but moving from Miami to Arizona, like was a huge win for him. But then yeah. other guys, they they end up on a new team and they're they're fighting for a roster spot or or, or whatnot. So it's it, to me, it's not even an age issue as much as a second contract issue.
3: Yeah, I think that's that's the key, and I think where the NFL is in terms of cap construction that could really change what the, you know the debate for running back university and and uh, just how we value running backs in fantasy football and overall. I mean, it's just an ever changing landscape, but it, it it could be really hard for any school to ever catch the uh what looks to be the real running back university by production standpoint uh ever uh, and that is we've we've already talked about it Miami University uh, in in Florida they over the last 20 years they've actually given us nearly 12,000 fantasy points uh which is just <laughs> it's just kind of crazy because the second place that they have like 11,611.95 fantasy points over the last 20 years. And second place is surprisingly Tennessee with just barely over 8,000. So they've got like, they could just basically have zeros for probably three, four seasons and still have a lead on everyone else since the year 2000, which is just bonkers to me. I, I knew it would be a lead, but that was surprising to me. But I think to a lot of listeners that can't think of a bunch of really good Tennessee running backs off the top of their head, that might be a surprise to some. Uh, was that kind of surprising to you uh, when when looking at the the last 20 years of running back production
1: well yes and no like i mean obviously the first name that 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 came to mind you know you think of alvin kamara and and just what he's done recently and then of course arian foster who yeah. what was my he's probably my all-time fantasy football crush <laughs> like arian foster <laughs> took me to more championships than any other player but but going way back My first fantasy, this was back in the days when I was just in one league. Jamal Lewis handed me my first fantasy football title in 2003, the year he rushed (laughs) for over 2,000 yards. Yeah. So like Jam Jam has a special place in my heart. And so Tennessee, like I wouldn't have thought it off the bat. Like obviously when you ask me what teams you think are up there, like Tennessee wasn't on my radar. But once I saw it, I was like, oh yeah, of course. Like they've produced so many. Um, transcendent players really. Like these guys yeah. are just really, really solid. They have lot longevity and and high production for for a long time. That's not even to mention some of the guys that just like like some of the plotters, like you know, like like Charlie Garner wasn't like a fantasy winner, but he was there for a long time and putting up decent numbers and stuff like that. So so they had a lot of guys that were um explosive and exciting and, and game changers. But then they also have a number of others that just kind of help help with the total numbers. So yeah, yeah that, it was I surprising. Understand. But then when I thought about it, I was like, oh no, that makes sense. Yeah
3: and it'll be interesting to see what happens with Tennessee moving forward because they'll get like maybe one four star in, in that department with running backs, but they're not they're not you know getting the upper echelon just knock it out of the park five star running back. So it'll be interesting to see if they they keep on churning things out because I mean Kamara back in the day was actually a top end echelon you know college football recruit, but he actually went to Alabama first and had to Mm. sit on the bench and not do anything because he had, well, Derrick Henry ahead of him, and I think TJ Yeldon, and I think at the same time, Kenyon Drake, all on the same team ahead of him. (laughs) So (laughs) there was a season where I think all three of them and Alvin Kamara were on the same roster, and Kamara didn't see the field, so he transferred to Tennessee, got on the field behind Jalen Hurd, and then worked his way into the NFL, but really a strange path for him. But I, I don't know what's next for Tennessee, so they might get passed up by you know a few others, like Alabama was third uh, since 2000, Auburn was fourth, Texas was fifth to round out the top five. So Miami, Tennessee, Alabama, Auburn, and Texas, and really, Tennessee, Alabama, Auburn, and Texas were all really close in terms of overall fantasy points since the year 2000 and overall running back production. Uh, we'll get into draft capital, and that kind of changes the conversation here later, but I just want to take a sec to dive into some of these guys who could make it to the NFL from these schools in the near future that could carry the torch uh, moving forward and keep these schools in the conversation. Obviously, uh, I guess a couple of years back now, Miami, they brought in Lorenzo Lingard, who was this high stepping hurdle track athlete that a lot of people thought was going to be a big deal, but he actually transferred to Florida. No longer there. They have Cameron Harris, uh, so, I mean, he could be good. He was kind of in a timeshare with, with DJ Dallas-ish last year. They've got a couple really good freshman running backs and Jalen Knighton and Don Chaney Jr. Uh, are, are any of those names stand out to you as somebody that you would kind of bet on to really see some draft capital one day?
1: Not personally. And and this is maybe very unfair. So I'm a Seattle Seahawks fan. So you probably already know where I'm going with this. <laughs> right? But like last two years, like Travis Homer and then Dallas, it's like, they're fine but like yeah. they're not difference makers you know they're not they're not starting caliber talent at the NFL level and i know you can't just say well because past running backs haven't been doing it recently at miami no one's going to be doing it like that's not fair but it's hard for me to see these guys like make a big jump uh so so I, none of them are guys that i'm high on uh there's there's other young running backs that i'd rather take a shot on than them what what do you think
3: yeah and i think i think maybe the issue you know, I think we we talked about this last week a little bit, but the, the coaching situation really dictates, you know, the usage and and what leads to draft capital in many cases. I'm, I'm not sure that Manny Diaz and really any of the recent coaches in Miami have been about featuring that position like they were in the early 2000s, which led to a bunch of studs getting fed like crazy, putting up some dumb numbers in college that really inflates their draft capital. Uh, and, and I don't think that that's really going to be the case. I think it's going to be some kind of committee this year. And even if Harris sees like, you know, early day three-ish capital, that's that's not really what we like to see. I mean, typically you need probably day two capital to have any shot at early snaps for the most part, unless it's a really weird situation with injuries. And then even after Harris is gone, they've got Knighton and Chaney, and they've actually got a couple more recruits coming in behind them to really muddy things up. So it's... It just looks like, to me, they're going to keep the committee-back situation. And this year, with, with Derek King at quarterback... He's going mean, to be leading them in rushing. Yeah, so, yeah. he's going to be their leading rusher anyway, because, I mean, he he you know transferred over from Houston. Now, I mean, he I think he had... What was his stat I recently saw? Derek King had, like, the most rushing yards after contact of any quarterback in, in college. So it's going to be a lot of fun, but that's not yes. going to really be great for right. padding the, the running back stats. But... Tennessee, they've got Eric Gray, which a lot of people like him, and I really liked Ty Chandler as a recruit coming out, just because he had some really, you know, you you want to grind these kids tape and look at some of their good games and 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 get some bad reps in your mind, but you know, you see a couple of good highlights and just get stuck in your brain. I was I was yeah. sure Chandler was going to be this just fire speedster. Uh, to see some capital and it's not really looking like that's going to be the case, but he's, see, he's had some good games and big spots. Are you a fan of gray, Eric Gray or Ty Chandler for Tennessee?
1: I mean, I, I probably like gray a little bit more. I think he's, he's super exciting. And, and actually in uh you know, if you look over at some of the Debbie rankings, he's been climbing recently. So yeah. I think people are getting excited about him. And I've, I've heard crazy stuff about Tennessee. Like people are so high on Tennessee and I don't quite <laughs> buy into all that hype. I think that's no. a little bit premature. Maybe if they were playing, playing in a different conference, maybe they'd have a, a better But in the sec. I think it's going to be tough. Um, but, but I would, I would lean, lean, lean towards gray. I mean, he's, he's eligible in um, I think 2022. So I, I think, you know, you don't have to wait too long, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I would lean towards him more, but I don't feel confident on that. No. <laughs> like he, no. it's so, it's so hard. And, and Tennessee doesn't have a whole lot of like, like you were saying like the recruiting hasn't been that great that they've got this seller offense that they can just feature one guy they kind of have to piece it together yeah uh, wh- one of the questions that i that i wanted to ask you and, and maybe we can get into it a bit later if, if this isn't sure. the right time but with running backs it's their role in the offense is so much determined determined around like whether you're in the lead or in, you know trailing whether you've got a decent offensive line whether you're quarterback and get the ball to receivers like can people just stack the box against you so, yeah. so I was curious like a team like Tennessee that has struggled offensively as of late like how much stock can you put in these running backs like how much how much can they put their talent on display when they're trailing in almost every game like what what do you think is Man. that
3: <laughs> yeah that's tough i mean i mean we we saw that even with Kamara in his time with Tennessee. I mean, when he was with Tennessee, they were struggling at times to beat Vanderbilt, which is just embarrassing. Like they right. they weren't a perfect uh squad and uh we really didn't ever see the full potential of what Kamara would be. I mean, he was never even the the lead uh rusher in terms of rush attempts on his own team. And then he was and then he somehow still went on uh, day 2 of the NFL draft, but that was I mean, that was a long shot just from A precedent standpoint, like first of all, a transfer running back actually finding success and and being drafted drafted earlier. I actually wrote up wrote up like how hard that truly is early this earlier this spring for transfer running backs to find success. But then to to see the workload that he did and still get draft capital, it's not super common. So it will be tough for Tennessee running backs until they really. I think they just need a transcendent quarterback talent again. Uh, Garantano is not that. Harrison Bailey might be that Um, maybe uh, he's an incoming freshman this year might be that maybe in 2021 2022 but these guys are going to be gone so it might be a bit until we see another Tennessee back come into the conversation but it really does come into play if you're in the SEC on a bad team like it's really hard to just get super pumped about like a South Carolina or an Arkansas or a Vanderbilt running back in many cases but hey they can still get some some capital and if they you know, have some big moments like Vaughn did against LSU, like Rakeem Boyd has already shown he could do for Arkansas. You know, they, they can break through, but it's definitely harder than if you're at Alabama and you get two and a half yards for free every, every right. carry with their offensive line.
1: Yeah. But Well, even Oregon, like that, that's the, one of the things that I was looking at, because again, I'm a huge Ducks fan and I apologize already for that. I will talk about Oregon <laughs> far too much in this podcast. <laughs> but fine. it's almost the opposite problem where their offense is so efficient that these running backs um, just break off these huge runs and it's a running, it's a run first offense, which I don't think a lot of people who don't watch Oregon and just watch the highlights, they don't realize they're a run first offense, but they really are. And so you get these guys who have monster years and then don't really produce all that much. Like it's crazy to think, but in the last 20 years, there have only been four seasons where an Oregon duck has rushed for over a thousand yards in the NFL Ruben Drones did it twice. Jonathan Stewart did it once, and uh, Legarrette Blunt did it once. So, like, it's like the opposite. It's like the opposite end of the spectrum where like a yeah. highly efficient offense can make a running back look a lot better than he might actually be. Which is actually why I'm a little bit nervous about C.J. Fertel and uh, why I'm afraid I might have him ranked too high in my in my rankings. But yeah, I just think it's interesting to to look at because because football, unlike uh, you know other sports, very few outside of maybe the quarterback, very few players uh, can really control their own destiny in terms of like success because it's dependent upon so many other factors. So anyway, sorry to uh on that.
3: No, that's a good point. And and really it's, it's hard to avoid the fact that in many cases, Alabama running backs do look better. And speaking of Alabama, they are, they were third since 2000 uh, in terms of fantasy points and Najee Harris Last year, having, you know, the the field spread out so far with four of the best wide receivers in the country, having Tua Tagovailoa hit him. And actually, he, he actually racked up, I think he had seven receiving touchdowns last year. He exploded from a production standpoint, went from like, you know, having about a quarter of the team's market share for rushing yards and receiving yards out of the backfield to, you know, like almost 60% of the rushing yards and receiving yards out of the backfield in just one year, thanks to the departure of, you know, Josh Jacobs not being there anymore. And Trey Sanders, who was supposed to be the answer at the position also, he was he was a top 150 recruit according to the 24-7 sports composite ranking. 100, top 150 recruit all time. And so he was supposed to come in and have a timeshare with Najee, but instead Najee was left to compete with, brian robinson who's okay keelan robinson who who the heck is that and then jerome ford like he transferred to cincinnati he had virtually nobody to compete with uh but he you know he has the recruiting pedigree but man it's it's hard not to think harris probably looks better in many cases just because he plays for alabama right
1: right i was going to ask you this question because i know you like trey sanders a lot so so here's my question for you in a hypothetical world where they were both going to be entering the NFL in the same year, who would you rather have Sanders or Harris?
3: That's so crazy because like, (laughs) because we've never
1: seen Trey Sanders do anything. (laughs) No,
3: we've never seen Trey Sanders play in college. So when you, when you talk about, you know, preferring somebody like that over Najee Harris, it's really tough. But I think looking back to when they came into college, if they were in the same class, then I would have bet on Sanders, you know. I, I think Harris was huge. He, he, you know, he was the next Derrick Henry, and he did catch some passes last year. But I think where the NFL is trending and where I think Trey Sanders' skill set fits better, I think he will have and could have anyway a better NFL career than Najee Harris. Uh, so I and I think because of the quarterback situation, I do like you know I I don't like any of the quarterbacks there as much as I like Tua Tungo Veloa. Mac Jones is good he had a I guess effective year Uh, but you know Bryce Young the new kid looks like he's going to be good but they could go back to more of a uh, run first situation and Trey Sanders could be a volume play and actually end up seeing even better draft capital than Najee Harris so I think Sanders might be the better back even though we haven't seen him in college so I don't know They, they, they still have Sanders Harris and really a trio of other backs that really could come into play. So Alabama is not going anywhere. They had, in terms of running back you conversation, they had over a thousand fantasy points from the running back position just last year. I mean, you look at, I mean, Mark Ingram still producing over age 30, Derrick Henry, Kenyon Drake, you know, Josh Jacobs coming in and he's going to be there for a while. Uh, So I am
1: so high on Kenyon Drake. Yeah. So high. Like I think like looking at our redraft rankings over at RotoViz I think I might be the highest on Kenyon Drake of any of us. But just seeing what he was able to do in that offense, like to your point, I think Alabama is they're gonna be moving up the ranks pretty quickly with <laughs> yeah. with that talent there.
3: And and we'll get to it here shortly, but man, they've been dominant for a while. But but wrapping up the top five before we move into the kind of more recent RBU conversation and really who's had the recent lead in that department. Auburn and Texas. Tank Bigsby is is my dude. Like I think he for Auburn, he's already got feature back size. He can catch passes. He's a better athlete. He is a better pass catcher. He's better all around than DJ Williams. Uh there for Auburn. So I hope he obviously they they've missed they've missed a lot. Freshman uh typically get way more run than he's going to get leading into the college football season if it even happens. But Tank Bigsby is going to be the guy for Auburn and Auburn has consistently given us some, some really good running backs over the years. A lot of people forget, you know, like the, the Wildcat with Ronnie Brown. you Okay, know, yes. <laughs> I mean, like even Cadillac Williams, like Rudy Johnson back in the day uh, was really effective. Brandon Jacobs, if you count it, he had that one year where he went to like Southern Illinois. Uh, Tony, Tony Richardson, Ben Tate, uh, wish he would have been healthy for a while. Even Peyton Barber and Kerryon Johnson here recently having some success-ish. Dream Mason like having 5 seconds of success and then disappearing forever. You know, they they've <laughs> had some interesting interesting yeah. talent there that's uh, just found a way to st- stick around. Tank Bigsby though is my pick to be potentially the best of the entire bunch that they've had in the last 20 years. He's that good. Are you are you a
1: Tank fan? Yeah, and and so I got to tell you I hate Auburn. I <laughs> I love you. I hate Auburn. Um mainly that's, just cuz the last year them yeah, beating Oregon year. like broke my heart. Um the last play, I both, too, right? Yeah, I think Bo Nix is going to help their running backs a ton. Um, we see it in the NFL where dual threat quarterbacks really help a running game. And I think Bo, he offers the same type of uh, – he he may not – I mean, comparing anyone to Cam Newton is just not fair um, and it's unrealistic. But yeah. I think he brings a similar level of, of threat where you don't know exactly what he's going to do. And I think it's going to really help the running game and yeah, I think Tank Tank is in in line for a really big season, and yeah. he's one of those guys like what what um what Lance is doing in the quarterback world for North Dakota State, where he's just like all of a sudden gone from a no name guy to like the number three quarterback. And Debbie, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, like I think Tank is going to make a similar jump where all of a sudden people are talking about him. Everyone knows that it's like it's it's Chuba and and Etienne in in that first tier, and no one really knows where to put the second tier guys. And and I think Tank is going to move towards that pretty quickly and yeah, be uh and, in and be someone that people are looking at yeah, yeah.
3: I, I i think he's that kind of talent another back for texas who was fifth since 2000 Bijan robinson is actually rated ahead of tank bigsby uh in terms of the 24 7 composite rankings this year but he's got keontae ingram to compete with who's not going anywhere is actually one of the top 2021 Uh, running back prospects and Rashawn Johnson, who was actually a quarterback, a top really pretty decently rated quarterback prospect that converted to running back. That's actually staying at running back. That's going to be a weird committee. Plus, you got Ellinger who actually runs a ton himself. So it's not like any Texas backs going to explode. So it could be that Bigsby takes the lead in terms of future uh, expected NFL draft capital among incoming freshmen this year at running back. But tons of talent out of Texas. I mean, they've they've had some great great running backs. So, I mean, you know, think about it, like Priest Holmes, like the good uh, Ricky Williams. There was actually uh, in the road of his screener. There's a bad rookie Ricky, Ricky Williams He had a couple seasons in there, kind of messed up my data. <laughs> but <laughs> Jamal Charles, you know, even Cedric Benson, they've had some great ones. But uh, yeah, te- Texas. I'm not sure what their future holds. Keontae Ingram and Bijan Robinson might be the answer. Robinson's actually super slow, so I think he ran like a four seven ish. Maybe even worse than that uh, in high school, so he's going to have to gain some speed if he's, he if he really wants to see some decent draft capital, in my uh, opinion. There, but moving on to the recent, you know, performing schools, Alabama since 2015. If we change the filter from since 2000 to since 2015, Alabama has absolutely killed it. Like they've they've got way way more points in the past five years or so than any other school like I think their total if I'm reading my own notes correct they've got like almost a thousand more fantasy points in terms of production from running backs than any other school in the last five years which is just insane I mean they had over a thousand last year but to round out the top five in the last five years you've got Alabama first Oklahoma second Miami still hanging around thanks to the corpse of Frank Gore Wisconsin (laughs) and Florida State thanks to Dalvin Cook mainly, and uh, one season, I think, from Carlos Williams. But, you know, lots of fantasy points there. And and it's surprising to me that there there are a couple of schools that didn't make the top five in the last five years. But to you, like, what are the no-brainer schools that should have made the top five, you think, in terms of production just here recently?
1: I was kind of surprised just thinking about California, just Cal, like with Marshawn Lynch and, and some of those guys. Like, I know, but then I was thinking, like, well, I guess Marshawn Lynch the last two years hasn't done anything, really, the, the, I know he did a little something for Seattle last year. It was terrible, <laughs> but, but uh, even I, a, a huge Seahawks fan, didn't enjoy seeing that. But I thought Cal might be a little bit higher. Um, and then even like just thinking about like with what we talked about with Tennessee, with with like Kamara and stuff like that, I just kind of assumed like with just how prolific he had been that he might be a little bit higher. The one that didn't surprise me at all was Oklahoma. Oklahoma, and, and this is where I want I wanted to talk to you a little bit about this is Oklahoma has been just pumping out running back after running back and we got like it's it's insane yet for some reason I know that you are not very high on Kennedy Brooks so I'm just curious like why (laughs) you think the trend will end because like Joe Mixon is is balling Adrian Peterson is still (laughs) getting touchdowns (laughs) every other week like DeMarco Murray he stuck around like a couple years ago (laughs) Damian Williams
3: even you know he's 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 come on
1: Right. So, so Oklahoma just seems to be producing running back after running back. And uh yeah, so even like, yeah, some of these guys, I, I know it's, uh, it's, it's, it's going back a ways, but I'm um, just, cu- just curious, just like looking to the future, why it is that you think that maybe uh their, their run is coming to an end.
3: You know, I think with Kennedy Brooks, I, you know, I, I'm not super high on him. I think he could still get draft capital just based on the fact that a you know he plays for oklahoma b they're probably going to go or be in the conversation to go to the college football playoff even with another brand new quarterback situation with spencer rattler but but realistically you know and and really he's got two 1000 plus yard seasons like over 1100 yards from scrimmage i think in both and so if he has another season like that three 1000 yard seasons for oklahoma that should equal draft draft capital right i i think that Just on that alone, without even talking about his film or what makes him a good player, uh, odds are he he could sneak into, at the very least, the back end of day two. But for me, it's so hard to evaluate him just because of their scheme and Lincoln. Sure, I almost said Rink and Liley. Lincoln, I like it. Yeah. Go with it, Lincoln, Lincoln Riley spreading things out to where the boxes he faces—it's like there's four defenders. There's like three down linemen and one backer within seven yards of the line of scrimmage. Like it's four, sure. four in the box, five in the box. Oh, there's six in the box. Crazy, you know. So it's just he might at at most have to make one guy miss. So I, I don't know what to think about his skill set. They, they have a couple other racks in terms of future recruits coming in that could, that could uh, see draft capital too, but I'm not sure he's going to test as the most impressive athlete. I think he's just going to be good enough to get the combine invite, good enough to be a fringe day two, early day three type back that could or couldn't kind of work out as a, as a depth option, but I'm not sure that he's going to be that Joe Mixon. That is just an immediate difference maker. But I could see him being that Damian Williams that sticks around and finds fantasy value in a situation where there's an injury. And he kind of, you know, whereas he might normally be a 1B and a committee, he's now a feature. So it's not over for Oklahoma. They've had some crazy good talent there. But I'm not sure they're going to be a top five running back U school moving here here forward. Sure.
1: No, that's fair. And, and so, so just curious, like, cause like Trey Sermon's another guy who super productive, but now is over, In Ohio just transferred state. over to Ohio state. Yeah. Yeah. So like when we look at his numbers, once he hits the NFL, I guess Ohio state gets credit for him. Cause that's who, yes, t- he will have. Yep. So, but like, so who just blank slate, who would you rather have Trey Sermon or Kennedy Brooks? Which talent do you prefer?
3: I actually prefer Trey Sermon. He wasn't 100% last year, and uh, it was kind of a weird situation that kind of caused him to transfer. But being in a situation where you have Justin Fields at quarterback, and you're almost a lock to be in a situation where you're competing with nobody else that's proven in that backfield, sure. thanks to the injury of Master Teague, he's in a really good spot to put up just some bonkers numbers just based on how they use their running backs coming you know going into a situation where he's probably going to be in in the national championship conversation Trey Sermon I think is an even safer lock just based on external factors sure uh, to be a a day two value but talent talent wise they're actually pretty close Uh, so uh, for me but I think I just give Trey Sermon the edge but you know there there are a couple other schools Georgia obviously a name that just makes missed the cut they are actually sixth in terms of fantasy points and really NFL production in the past five years, but they actually have like thirteen hundred fantasy points in just the last two years, thanks to their surge in uh, you know drafted backs. I mean, they've just in like the last few years, we've got Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle, DeAndre Swift, and you, obviously you had t- Todd Gurley already there. I mean, it's just they've got a bunch of backs, so they're not going anywhere. If anybody's going to challenge Alabama, it, it's probably. Going to be Georgia. But before we kind of pivot and talk about some draft capital leaders in in the running back you conversation, uh, I do just want to share a word from our sponsor, which is betonline.ag. And there's no shortage of action right now, actually, believe it or not, in the middle of this pandemic, there's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Visit BetOnline.ag and use promo code BlueWire for a free welcome bonus. That's one word: BlueWire. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Welcome into RotoViz Radio. I'm Dave Cabin,
4: host of the RotoViz Fantasy Football Podcast. I wanted to take a moment to thank you for supporting RotoViz Radio. We love producing these shows, and we hope
3: that you love listening to them. As a thank you, Royal Podcast listeners can get
4: 10% off of a one-year Rotovis subscription by using the promo code 2020RVRADIO at checkout. We have some of the very best tools,
3: articles, and analysts in the business and can't wait to lead you on the path to greatness. If you haven't done so yet, do us a favor and take a minute to rate and review this podcast Thanks again for listening. Now let's get into the show. So just like we covered with quarterback and tight end you in that conversation last week, fitting in to it's more than just raw production when it comes to the running back you discussion, like getting a productive running back actually drafted in the NFL means something to this conversation. And really, it's one of the best indicators that we have of future success in the NFL is draft capital. Let's talk about for a second some some of the names. I guess you, you you would have just expected if if you didn't you know if you didn't have some colorful charts in front of your face right now, <laughs> who would you guess would have been the leaders in terms of you know first round running backs and you know top one hundred and, you know basically inside day th- day two capital type running backs.
1: Well. I am a pessimist by nature. <laughs> you should know, so I always go to the busts, and so I think about a lot of the the first <laughs> round or second round busts that took place. And so, like teams like Wisconsin come to mind, which is totally unfair. Um, but <laughs> yeah. but Wisconsin comes to mind. USC came to mind, and um, but then of course you've got teams that have really produced some some really great talents as well, like Alabama and Ohio State. Again, recency bias. You know, everyone talking about Ezekiel Elliott and uh, should he have been drafted that high? So Ohio State, of course, was on my mind as well. So, so those were some of the teams that kind of came to mind first and foremost, um, especially uh, more recently. Um, but, but yeah, when when actually looking through uh, the draft capital, it was it was pretty surprising to see just to to, to look at the numbers and, and see how many or I guess maybe you should say how few first round running backs have been taken over the years. Yeah. I mean, I assume that you are also uh, running back, running backs don't matter type of guy where uh, maybe don't invest your first round pick in a running back. Um, but a lot of NFL teams still do it. So, so I was, uh, I was kind of surprised to see that there's a lot of teams that still really invest high draft capital in running backs when um, maybe that's not always the best choice.
3: Yeah, and it it's kind of it's really changed like since there's the kind of this watershed year around, you know, 2008, 2009, 2010 where you see less and less since that that range in terms right. of yearly first round selections. But even so, there have been several schools that have had, you know, at least a couple first round picks. I mean, like some surprises, you know, since 2000, uh, like Virginia Tech, Arkansas, I you mean, know, a lot of people probably wouldn't have guessed them, but you know, you got California Penn State, obviously, Saquon Barkley comes to mind with California, Marshawn Lynch comes to mind, LSU, you know, and, you know, having, you know, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, that's fresh on everybody's mind, Auburn in right. Miami, having two, you know, and then like having Wisconsin, Georgia, Ohio State with three and Alabama being the, the only school uh, since the year 2000 to have four a running back selected in the first round, which obviously that's a huge difference maker. When we're talking about that translating to the NFL, like guys that are basically guaranteed touches. I mean, that's, that's what Trent Richardson was. He, he was a bust if there's bust, but right. uh, at the same time, he had that one year because his team had to give him a shot because they took him in the first round. So if you get a running back to that point, they're going to get a shot, right? So it's a really mean something. If you can get a bunch of uh, guys drafted in that range, but uh, really, it's still a super small sample when we're talking about first round running backs. So I kind of want to expand it out even further and look at the, the running backs that were selected inside the top 100 picks, which is around what we with, with, comp- with, with uh, compensatory picks being what they are now at the end of round three. Top 100-ish is around the end of round three most years. Uh, it might be plus or, plus or minus five picks-ish, but that's that's about the range you're going to see is day two Cut off in terms of picks, but Alabama again crushes it, having right. 10, 10 running backs selected inside that range. Since that, that's one every other year, like in, in this that in is this, nuts. That's insane. Like that's really tough to do. So. If they keep that up, and it looks like they're going to because they keep on having these stables of running backs, it's going to be hard for anybody to catch them in terms of of, of the running back you conversation. But if you had a favorite that you thought would be that one school that was set up to to do that, who, who would be your school that you'd be betting on?
1: Man, it's the way Ohio State has—I hate talking positively about Ohio State. My, <laughs> my co-host, I Matt— do too. Ugh. uh yeah I with Curtis like it's just the worst yeah but Ohio State they have just like recently like if you just like, like recency bias like they have been producing like high-end quality yeah. running backs and they don't yeah. look to be stopping anytime soon like no. Matt just put out his his article um, on Ohio State and again like you've got like what we just talked about like Trey Sermon and then like you look at like what they've got in the pipeline and it's super impressive and it's hard not to think that they have a shot at competing another team that uh, like another college that could be putting and this is a weird one but it's sticking in the big 10 but penn state like you've got saquon barkley there you got miles sanders now who i you're gonna hate me for this but like i called (laughs) like my love for journey brown like very early so like kennedy brooks and journey brown are two guys that i have in every debbie league (laughs) because i was like on them before anyone else good and i might. I might still be wrong. Like who knows?
3: You know, you could also still cash though. And,
1: but like, I love journey Brown and I think like Miles Sanders only really did it for a, for a year, you know, like journey Brown, he, it took him a while to get going this last year. And I really think this, this next season, God, please let there be a season. But I think journey Brown is going to open some eyes. I think he's a really talented football player. And if he gets the volume, I think he will get the, uh, he'll get the capital and he'll be a, someone that we're talking about. So, so those, the Ohio state, Penn state, those are some, some, some teams that I, I could really see um, making the jump. And of course, Oklahoma that we've talked about, I think these, these explosive offenses, like you said, like these, these teams where they're terrified to put more than five guys in the box, they, the, the running backs have opportunities to really oh, yeah. pass the stats.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that doesn't always happen as much in the sec, but there's still a bunch of schools that are grinding out, top running back talents. I think Auburn could stick in that conversation. That yeah. totally totally unbiased there, I promise. And then Georgia <laughs> Georgia could obviously stick around. They keep on having just good running back after good running back even right now. A lot of people still like Zamir White who's there. Uh, I really like their true freshman Kendall Milton. He's a, he's he's going to have to add a little bit of speed as well, but a really just monstrous guy with some some crazy contact balance. I think he could work into a, a situation where he passes up Kenny McIntosh and James Cook there, and it's really him and Zamir this year for Georgia. That can be a situation where they just maintain that that excellence and that continuity in the coaching staff and Kirby Kirby Smart and his. I don't know what they're doing with running backs there, but man, this is that's just a running back factory uh for georgia as much as i don't really like to to admit it uh but (laughs) wisconsin they just keep on doing it somehow you know they've got like melvin gordon they've had some busts but you know melvin gordon turned out to be okay and if his knees hold on for a couple more years and then jonathan taylor obviously basically you know had more yards from scrimmage per game than uh, i think any other running back in ncaa history so he's okay uh he could pan out you take that yeah. And so I, I think he's going to, even though I like Marlon Mack, I think he's going to take over in a really solid offense, which I hate for the coach because cause I'm a Titans fan, but <laughs> you know, so there's a bunch of schools that are up there in the conversation, but it's really going to be tough for Miami to add to their lead or even stay in the conversation just based yeah. on what we talked about earlier. I mean, they've, they've dominated, but man, they're going to have to have some changes uh, and I'm not sure Manny Diaz is the coach to do it. So I, they're going to have to do something with recruiting, uh, just offensive philosophy there for, for them to maintain it, their status in the running back you conversation. And California, I don't know, they, they, they had uh, you know some maintained excellence for a long time. And in fact, since 2010, they're actually fourth in points, thanks much in part to, to Marshawn Lynch. And in fact, they're still right. 13th since 2015. But I think they're kind of maybe fading unless you're going to put all your chips in on uh, Patrick Laird sticking around. Uh, so, <laughs> <Yes. yeah. laughs> so not sure that's going to happen, but you know, there's, there's so many fun schools with some good talent. And you mentioned journey Brown for Penn state, even Noah Kane, who was a freshman last year, even after yeah. journey Brown's gone, I think Noah Kane could be a lot of fun. I, I don't I don't really know what's going to happen, but I think the college football playoff Clemson being in that conversation with Etienne. Or uh, Etn being that guy, uh, and then after him, maybe having another speedster uh, who's a true freshman this year, Demarcus Bowman coming in. That that could be a situation to watch as as, as a team on the come up to be in the running back U conversation. Are you a, are you a, have you much, watched much of uh, Demarcus Bowman? Uh, do you do you like him very much?
1: I I've heard so I haven't watched a whole lot, but I've heard a whole lot about him and. I, the more I hear about it, the more excited I get. I don't like drafting super, super young guys in Debbie leagues. Like if we're talking strictly about right. fantasy and yeah. and stuff like that. So, so I don't have any shares yet. I'm in a very, I'm in a 24 team league right now, which is just absolutely insane. <laughs> and so I still have a couple of Debbie selections. So, so maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll throw one on him, but, yeah. um, but I think, I think the talent is there and the offense is. Obviously it's going to be a step down once, once Trevor leaves, but, uh, but DJ, I'm not going to try. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like their offense and their wide receivers, like they're not going anywhere. Like he's going to have every opportunity yeah. to be dynamic and to put up just insane numbers. So yeah, I'm, I'm all about it. Yeah. I, I hope, uh, I
3: mean, I, I don't necessarily like always rooting for the the big time schools and everything, but Clemson's a lot of fun. To watch right now, I mean, it's, especially just bringing in just unbelievable quarterback play back to back to back with Watson, Trevor Lawrence, DJ Oyangulele looks amazing, and and so that's just going to be a lot of fun. And so if Bowman, he's got this trump trump card being like four four speed. If he, if that works right. out, uh, he could have some some crazy efficiency as well. Uh, but really a name to kind of, if you are in a deeper Debbie league where you can roster college fo- football players, you know, before they're in the pros, uh, getting a freshman at a discount way later can really come into play. And, and his value could spike pretty quickly early on, especially, I mean, Clemson's going to be up a ton this year, so he could get a bunch of junk junk time and have a few chunk plays to where people are thinking, Oh my goodness, he's the next ETN. And so, right. You know, That's, that's, and, and he might value. be, might be. And yeah. he might be. <laughs> yeah, for real. So yeah. that, excited to see what we, we can get out of him. I know I, I, a lot of people like Kenneth Gainwell from Memphis. He could kind of continue that that line of Memphis backs getting some, uh, some attention and uh, producing big numbers, uh, really like a receiver slash running back that uh, could do it all. Iowa State just had David Montgomery. Now they have Brees Hall. Uh, that's another up and coming, you know, school that could be in the RBU uh, conversation. They really need to get more out of Dave Montgomery and Brees Hall needs to overcome the fact that Iowa State's basically replacing their entire offensive line. But, uh, that, you know, kind of a sleeper school to enter the running back U conversation. And then Oklahoma State, some people forget that Chris Carson was actually out of Oklahoma State, never led his team in carries. But uh, he actually shared the field a lot with uh, Justice Hill, uh, Justice Hill, who's not hit yet. But Chuba Hubbard, I mean we should have seen him coming. It was it was in Canada, yes, but he but he averaged like 15 or 16 yards for carry in high school, just insane stuff. And uh, you know I, he had like over a thousand yards after contact last year. So it, it's really next year in 21, you know, in the 2021 draft. It's Hubbard and Etienne, and you know maybe Najee Harris in that running back one conversation. So it really that could thrust Oklahoma State into the running back you conversation even so so many good schools right now still uh, giving us some running back university hype I'm just excited to see what the future holds for that position I am on firmly on running back still matter (laughs) that that side of things I'm not necessarily you know uh, I understand that the the contract situation of, of where the NFL is now but really like me some some good running back play but uh stay fine I really appreciate you coming on the show and I'm really looking forward to hearing more about uh, what you have to say on Oregon here on on your work with Rotoviz. and uh, listeners if you if you were not already subscribed to Rotoviz, we're actually breaking down some of the top colleges right now we've already got the uh, Clemson piece out the o- Ohio State Alabama we got Oregon coming soon Georgia uh, after that we've got we're gonna be taking basically the top 40 ish schools in college football and talking about all the next generation of uh, amazing playmakers on those teams. Uh, but uh, Stefan, is there anything else you want to kind of plug uh, leading into the season as well before we uh, sign well, off here?
1: Everyone should be subscribing to Rotoviz. Is. is just too much good stuff. Um, I, I, uh, I feel like I kind of have an unfair advantage in all of my leagues because I <laughs> right. get to like access all of the road of his data. Um, but if you want to hear people talk about it, like just listen to all the podcasts. Um, you were just talking about Chuba Hubbard, uh, my co-host for the college football fantasy podcast, uh, Matt Wispay. He was on Chuba Hubbard before anyone else. Um, he was on him like two years ago. Yeah. So um, there's a, he, he's, uh, he's got a wealth of information. He's, he's the guy who wrote the Ohio state piece. He's, he's amazing. So, um, check out our podcast as well um, be listening to all this stuff if you really want to uh, enjoy fantasy football just at a next level start doing some dynasty leagues start doing some devi leagues it is too much fun and <laughs> Rotoviz has you covered for all of it so yeah, yeah man. absolutely
3: well great well you can find him on twitter at stay fun Lako. i think that's stay fun and then l-a-k-o right That's correct. You can find me on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M. And you can also please do leave a rate and review. It really helps us out a lot. We're a brand new show. Want to get out there so we can reach more and more people. And it really, when you do leave a rate uh, and review, please put a question in there. We'd love to get that on the show. We'll definitely do some mailbag stuff later in the summer as it goes along. But thanks for, joining us on the second episode of this brand new show. And I can't wait to many more episodes on the College to Canton podcast.
2: Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns.